Have you ever experienced that scary, over-the-top, born-again, zealous, seemingly rabid Jesus freak? So bold that when you listen to them preach on the street corner or wherever they might be or, or be very bold with their faith in speaking the name of Jesus, you were embarrassed for them about their oblivious boldness. They don't, they don't care. Kind of makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? Well, if you remember, Jesus cleared the temple the week before he died, that same week before he was crucified on Friday, he went into the Jewish temple in Jerusalem and he cleared out the money changers. He turned tables over. He drove the people out. And while he was driving them out, he says, my house will be a house of prayer. And he says, but you have made it into a den of robbers. And that's recorded in Matthew and a couple of the other uh, gospels. Let me ask you a question. Do you have an expectation of powerful boldness in your walk with Jesus? Do you get up every day and think, Lord, give me the, the willingness and give me the courage to be like Peter and John, to be a zealous, bold Christian that speaks the name of Jesus? Last Sunday, our lead minister, Frank Spaulding, preached a fantastic sermon. It was awesome. From the, from the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, now, that story is the same story I'm going to hitchhike on today because it is in the context of that story that I preach this message. These messages are about great expectations. Uh, what do we expect? Luke records, the he wrote the, the book of Acts, and all through it, he talks about great things. Last week, Frank preached about great disturbances. Today, I'm preaching about great power and boldness. And listen, I want to begin with Peter and John because they exemplify a powerful boldness in a Christian's life. I was reading this commentary on Acts by Ogilvy, and he, he wrote this, An undeniable sign of the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit is boldness. Like when you, you are leaning into the Holy Spirit, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to move you, and of course you're in His Word because that's His major work is the Word. And the more word we, we know, the Holy Spirit's going to be more powerful in our lives. See, Jesus told Peter and John when he told everybody else, uh, you will be given power. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses. So Peter and John are two guys that we, we can look at as examples of boldness here. Uh, there are four things that I believe contributed to their boldness. First of all, they had lived with Jesus for three years. Remember in Acts 4.13, it says that it was noted that these men had been with Jesus. They also had witnessed many miracles, even the raising of the dead. They had also witnessed thousands being baptized in, into Christ on Pentecost. And now they're walking their walk and they're talking their talk. They have witnessed the salvation of thousands, and now, through the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they have healed a 40-year-old crippled man. Now, you know what? They believe nothing is impossible in their lives. They are on fire. This spurs them on. Their expectation of their everyday life is that we're going to be bold for Jesus. Their message Jesus had told them would be unpopular. 
they would be rejected by people and personally put themselves in danger by preaching Jesus. And, and they were still zealous and bold for Jesus. Because you see, the source of the powerful boldness they had was the Holy Spirit. And the proof of that message that they were preaching was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, I don't know if we give enough credence to what it means to see a dead body rise from the dead, to be given new life. Now, when you go back to where this began, when Peter and John healed that crippled man in chapter 3 and verse 7, they were asked by the authorities, by what power or name did you do this? Did you heal this man? And then in verse 10, Peter says, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. It wasn't enough that he said that he was raised from the dead. They, he went so far as saying, you guys are guilty. Now, this is pretty powerful and pretty bold. To go on with that verse, he says, but God raised him from the dead that this man stands before you. It's because of Jesus being raised from the dead. It's because of the resurrection. It's because Jesus has the power to heal. Bold? These were the same guys that put Jesus on the cross, guys. These are the ones that nailed him there. And so they are very bold in their faith. Here, here's a quote. The resurrection made death a helpless comma, I love it, in eternal life, and put an exclamation point in every event of daily life. An exclamation point. I guess I would ask you and myself today, do we live with an exclamation point on our Christianity and on our discipleship? Or are we living as a mundane comma? See, there's a lot of difference in a comma. Something else is to be said. An exclamation point says, this is powerful and this means something. So pay attention to it. That's how we should live every day, guys. If we preach no other name but Jesus, and that's what we should be preaching in Acts 4.12. Luke says, salvation is in no other name. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John... They took note that these men had been with Jesus. Listen, salvation in no other name. Now, if we're going to preach no other name, there has to be some evidence that we've been with Jesus. Because it might not be what we say, but what we're doing as a bold Christian. The second thing I want to bring to us today is our expectation of our discipleship. It should be boldness. See, the first century and the 20th first century both are hostile to Christianity. We can't deny that. We see it every day. That's the way of the world. And Jesus told us we would be living in a hostile world. The world is Satan's domain, and he still has some power there to tempt us. But listen to this. I read these stats that came out in a publication. The headline said, In the United States, there's a decline of Christianity, and it continues at a rapid, a rapid pace. I don't think rapid's a word, is it? <laughs> Listen, Pew Research tells us that in 2018 and 2019, 65% of Americans said they were Christians or that they had some semblance of Christianity in their lives. But in the last decade, like since 2011, that's even moved 12% worse it's still on a, a decline. And since 
2009, uh, 26% of people said they were atheists, and now it's grown by 17%. Listen, we live in a world that is going to be very hard to reach for Jesus. Jesus says what? I have overcome the world. Let me ask you, we have a choice. We can either leave, live defeated or live as an overcomer. But everybody has to make that choice. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit in us and Jesus Christ, the Word of God, God's power in us can help us to live a bold life. A radical, powerful, bold discipleship, I believe, can change the decline in Christianity in our country to an incline. In other words, Jesus, through his disciples, can make a difference in people's lives. It is not hide and seek, folks. We can't hide our faith and expect to seek to make disciples. That is contrary. We can't play hide and seek with our faith and seek to make disciples. Listen. Are we being persecuted right now? No, not really. Maybe on an individual basis. We feel like it sometimes, but we're really not any kind of major persecution. So why aren't we bold? How does the power of the Holy Spirit and boldness of our faith fit right now? How does it fit in your personal life? How are you doing? I want to ask that question. Boldness starts, I believe, with trusting God. A thousand people were surveyed through a phone call, I believe. And here's, they were asked this question, what is your deepest, deepest needs? Here's the words that they said. Anxiety or the situations, fear, loneliness, frustration, discouragement, and a lack of self-esteem. Really? That included a lot of Christians, by the way. Do we forget that Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. He says, I am, so have no fear. He also said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He also said, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and you need to stay connected to me. But I love it. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whether it's the power brokers of the first century or the 21st century, guys, we're the disciples of the king of kings we have god on our side why have we allowed this world to create anxiety and fear in our lives we have the power of jesus in us we have been saved if we're in christ we have been saved from hell from death and the grave so it is time that we boldly lived our faith i believe the third and final thing is this, the expectation of answered prayer. I want to read you something in the fourth chapter of Acts. I want to begin with verse 23. On their release, Peter and John were thrown in prison. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people, and they reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Listen to this. Uh, the response of the church. Peter and John go back to their Christian friends. I love it where the Bible says goes back to their own. 
because they are not like the people they had been with in those days uh, preaching the gospel. But listen, the church's response was prayer. And then when you start the prayer, look at this in verse, uh, verse 24 as it continues. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and earth and the sea and everything in it. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. They are they're saying, God, we know who you are. We believe in you. You come down to verse 27, and the prayer includes the fact that Herod and Pilate and the Gentiles got together, and, uh, and they conspired against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. And in verse 28, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. God was in charge of all of that because it was God's plan. They just thought they had power. They didn't have any power. In verse 29, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Threats. He says, we've heard the threats. Now bring it on. God doubled the miracles, doubled the wonders, doubled the signs, doubled the healings. We want you to pour it on. Let's see what these people will do when it happens more and more and more. God's bold answer is in verse 31. And here's what it tells us. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. It's a bold prayer. God, we don't care if we get in trouble. You bring on the miracles, and you bring Jesus on. You remember, we've done this for years, but we've sung this old song. I'd like to invite you, wherever you are, this morning to sing this with me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. That should make us bold. That should change our lives. The amazing grace of God. And here's what happens when we live boldly. Verse 32, as I close this out. All the believers were one in heart and mind. That means there was unity. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. But they shared everything they had. They were benevolent. They cared about what was going on not only in the church family, but it spilled over into the community. In verse 33, with great power, listen, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. Guys, the expectation that we should have is that we serve Jesus, and we meet people with a bold, powerful faith. Because I want to remind you of what I said earlier. Our witness can't be hide and seek. No. 
We can't hide our faith and then seek to make other disciples. Doesn't go together. Maybe you've never made a commitment to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. I want to pray for you. And I want to invite you that if you uh, are wanting to make your life change and you want to be a bold, powerful person for Jesus Christ, I want you to get in touch with us at Lincoln Hills. And we will meet with you and we will explain what you have questions about. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word you have given us. For these men, Peter and John and the rest of the apostles and those early Christians who were boldly living their faith. Father, help us to go out from our homes and from our business places as we work every day, as we're out in the community, and help us to boldly speak the name of Jesus, speak Him into people's problems and into their lives. Lord, help us to be willing to give up ourselves for You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.